Welcome to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. It's the classic Jesus music radio show. It's a look back at where it all began. This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, now, here's your host, Jerry Bryant. Hi everybody, this is Jerry Bryant. Welcome to another edition of Full Circle, the classic Jesus music radio show, taking you back to the early years of contemporary Christian music. And on this episode, I have a very special guest for y'all, as they say in the South, It's none other than Pat Terry, whose music in the early 70s helped to forge a bridge between the more traditional Southern gospel sound and the burgeoning Jesus music of the rock and roll variety that was popular on the West Coast at the time. I'll be walking through the life and the legacy of this often forgotten pioneer. From his humble beginnings in Smyrna, Georgia, to his time in the aggregation known as the Pat Terry Group, his solo work and songwriting for other artists right up to the present day. And in order to cover the whole scope of his career, I'm going to have to have two full episodes with interviews and songs from this quiet giant of Jesus music. To start us off, I asked Pat to share with us both his musical and spiritual beginnings. Full circle. Full circle. Well, like a lot of kids uh, that grew up in the 60s, I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan and got a guitar. You know, it's like I I remember very clearly laying in bed that night after seeing that show and thinking, man, I've got to do that. So I formed a little rock and roll band in high school uh, that that stayed together throughout my high school years and um, was just kind of a musical fanatic. But but even before that, there was a lot of music around my house and... um, my dad had a, a little uh, grocery store with a cafe in the back that had a jukebox in it. I used to listen to all those old 60s country and rock hits and things. And um, But uh, around 1970, uh, I'd grown up in the church, of uh, course, but um, I'd never really found a real personal faith. Some friends of mine came over and, and started sharing their faith with me and inviting me to come to some meetings that the church was going to be having. And in the course of those meetings, um, I accepted Christ, and, and really, um, it was just a really dramatic change for me. And maybe on the outside, because I was, I was generally a good kid and hadn't been into anything, you may not have noticed this huge uh, change, but inside me, I knew something had changed dramatically. So uh, from that point on, my personal faith started to play a role in the, the kind of music I wanted to make started writing songs and playing them at my little church coffee house and things like that. But uh, those were just great, innocent days, and uh, uh, there certainly was a something afoot and something in the air. There, a, a, a movement had really begun, which later we recognized was a genuine revival among young people, I believe. Uh, so I started going out and... and playing songs that I was beginning to write and uh, that reflected my faith and, and, and um, wanted to, to share it with others. And um, 
somewhere along along the line, um, I got to know a fellow named Sonny Lostead and Randy Bug, and they were playing with a band called Dove at that time, which uh, was traveling with an evangelist uh, named Richard Hogue. And uh, whenever they were not on the road and they were back home in Atlanta having some time off, we would get together and play just for fun, you know. They started uh, occasionally going with me when I would go play somewhere and, and, and we would play together. It reached a point where we felt like there's, this feels right. This, this, there's something here we ought to really be pursuing. And um, they ended up leaving uh, Dove and coming back home to Atlanta and we began playing together full time. And uh, there was a Bible study that was based in our area that uh, kind of became our home base. And we played there every Tuesday night whenever we were in town. And uh, that was kind of a good situation in that um, we, we had a support group behind us, you know, and people who supported us and lifted us up. And, uh, and, and we had a great place to try out all these new songs. <laughs> you know, songwriters are always looking for that. Happy. You. I gave my life to save you 
Gospel music. As I start this special two part edition of Full Circle. Now, I had a chance to catch up with Pat after a benefit concert he did with his old bandmates for Bob and Jane Farrell. Farrell and Farrell, whose house was destroyed during a flood in Nashville early in the year of 2010. And I asked Pat about those early years and what Jesus music artist had influenced him. <laughs> and here's what he had to say. Well, you know, interestingly enough, I mean, because we were in the South, and, and, and uh, Jesus music was really happening out on the West Coast, of course, and, um, and some of it had begun to filter our way. But, but really the only artist that made a, a huge impression that made a difference for me uh, was Larry Norman. In 1971, uh, I was in college at West Georgia College, which is outside of Atlanta. And um, a friend of mine uh, who was a minister with the Baptist Student Union there said, hey, have you heard this album? And he handed me Upon This Rock by Larry Norman. I'd never seen that before. And uh, I played that, and really I thought, wow, I mean, this this is kind of what I'm doing. It's on a, a, a higher level, and then he's in the... Uh, he, he's reaching people in a way that I couldn't imagine at that time, but um, that certainly did make an impression, and it made me realize that there was um, there was a way to um, take this music that you that you was so personal to you and that you cared about, and really take it out for people to hear. You know, so my good friend Mark Hurd ended up working with Larry on his Solid Rock label, and um, I kind of. Um, I get we probably crossed paths even before that a few times at some festivals and things, and I didn't really get to know him. But uh, Larry came to town through Atlanta one time while Mark was still living in that area, and we all went to movies together. And saw Flash Gordon, and Larry talked back to the uh, screen all night, and we thought that was really funny because in the South you didn't do that. You may do that on the West Coast, but that was new for us. And he was quite a character, and uh, that was a great, great memory. And speaking of great memories, here's one by Larry Norman from the album that Pat first heard, Upon This Rock. We recently featured this album on episode 152, but our feature song is from the original Capitol Records version, which was not highlighted as Larry was not as happy with the final mix of this release. Unlike the Benson Records version of the song, Nothing Really Changes, this take omits the live crowd in the background as well as the multiple background singers, and has some nice horn parts and groovy beatnik bongos. Looking back on one of the first truly contemporary Christian music albums Pat Terry ever heard, Larry Norman, and nothing really changes. Nothing really changes, everything remains the same. We are what we are till the day that we die. Nothing really changes, everything the same we are what we are till the day that we die if we could live in shakespeare's days i wonder who we'd be if people then could live today i wonder who we'd see they 
probably stop for corner cop and ask what the whole world's coming to if people didn't could live today. I wonder what they do. Yes, I wonder what they do. Would Romeo and Juliet watch Nelson Eddy kiss Jeanette? Would Bacchus read Police Gazette and window peep at silhouettes? Would Caesar pay to see the Mets? Would Icarus join the jet set? Would Satan smoke menthol cigarettes? Would Samson raise her with Gillette? Did it bound? Nothing really changes. Everything remains the same. We are what we are till the day that we die. We love the Lord. Nothing really changes. Everything remains the same. We are what we are. Henry VIII used etiquette in a busy New York luncheonette. Would Cleopatra die when bit or save herself with a tourniquet? Would Beethoven join a jazz quartet? Would Ben Hur drive a blue Corvette? Would Aristotle be an acid head? Would Cain kill Abel with a bayonet? Everything remains the same. We are. Larry Norman, one of the first Jesus music artists that my special guest, Pat Terry, heard as a young believer when he was just starting to write and sing songs of his own that expressed his newfound faith. Now, the Pat Terry group was formed in 1973. It was comprised of Randy Bug on bass and vocals, Sonny Lauderstead on lead guitar and vocals, and Pat Terry on lead vocals, guitar, and keyboards to round out the trio. In this segment, Pat tells us how his first record contract came about. We had done an album ourselves that was just like a custom project that uh, we sold at our concerts, and a lot of people responded really well to that album. And uh, the local, uh, the regional word representative that represented all the word products to the bookstores and record stores and things, um, he kind of got wind that, hey, there's this group and they have their own record and people seem to really be responding to it. So he got in touch and, and just came out to some concerts and saw what we were doing and, and said, you know, we'd 
we have a new label going that is really geared towards more contemporary kind of music, and we're going to call it Murr Records. And um, we'd love for you guys to come out and visit with us, and let's talk about it. you know. So we um, we went out to Waco, Texas. That's where Word was based at that time. It seems a little odd to most people. It's not Waco's not really known as the music capital of the world, I don't guess. But um, we met Billy Ray Hearn, who. Um, course went on to uh, start Sparrow Records and headed that up but at that time Billy Ray was was um, putting together Murr Records and was producing some records for them. so Billy Ray um, came to Atlanta and produced our first album and that was around 1974 and we started working with them from there here with a medley of songs from both those early efforts looking back to 1974 and 1975 respectively Here's I've Been Wanting to Tell You, along with Tell Them What He's Done For You, the Pat Terry Group. I've been wanting to tell you about a man that made me happy. And I've been wanting to tell you about a man that changed my life, changed my mind, showed me that peace wasn't hard to find. I've been wanting to tell you, I've been wanting to tell you. I've been wanting to tell you about Jesus, oh, about Jesus. I've been wanting to tell you about a man that made me happy, and I've been wanting to tell you about a man that saved my life, set me free, gave me life eternally. I've been wanting to tell you, I've been wanting to tell you, I've been wanting to tell you about Jesus, oh, about Jesus. Well, let me tell you about Jesus, he's got the answer. Well, tell you about Jesus, he's got the answer. He's got the answer, he's the answer. About a man that made me happy And I've been wanting to Tell you about a man that changed my life Changed my mind Showed me that peace wasn't hard to find I've been wanting to tell you I've been wanting to tell you I've been wanting to tell you About Jesus Oh, about Jesus This is Full Circle. Try to remember the things you were thinking the day you let me through. Were you afraid that I'd make you a fool? Rob you of pleasure and all that is true. Did you believe that I'd love you and leave you so Consider the way that I changed you the day you let me in. Darkness too light. 
died was an overnight thing You told all your friends how you made me your king Tell them you've seen all the dreams that you had coming true Tell them what I've done for you I get excited when you live by faith I get excited when you see my face You know there's nothing that can replace The love I had for you Stop to consider the way I remade you The day I took you Two songs from the early releases by the Pat Terry Group that really hit home for many of the Jesus freaks of the early 70s. The first one was about sharing one's faith with others in the song I've Been Wanting to Tell You, and then secondly to encourage those same converts to do the same. Tell them what he's done for you. We now move on forward to the next year in the band's career with the 1976 release of Songs of the South. Now, this album had a lot more polish than the first major label debut, but also left room for some of Sonny Lauderstad's more grittier guitar solos to create a nice balance. This was due in part to the fine production of Al Perkins, who we'll be hearing about later on in the interview. Here's Pat Terry to tell us more. And the album Songs of the South was our second album, and I kind of think that's probably the most definitive Pat Terry Group album. I think it's it's captured what we were doing at a time that I feel like the band had really gelled and we knew what we wanted to say and, and try to accomplish, and we had been playing together long enough that it felt like family, and so it all, you know, came together great. And I, some of my favorite Pat Terry Group songs are on that record. I asked Pat to elaborate more on this album and tell us about some of those songs on that album which were especially memorable to him. I love You Got Me. That's, that's still one of my favorite things. It's up-tempo and lots of fun. Most people wouldn't realize it. You know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of early Jesus music obviously was influenced by the pop and the rock music that we all came out of. And um, that song, actually, um, I was a big Pete Townsend fan. And that the uh, opening chords to that is kind of my tip of the hat to Pete Townsend because it's similar to some of the things he's done. And that song, uh, we opened our shows with that concert, with our concerts with that song for years. And um, because it was kind of definitive in what it said, you know, I'm yours, you're you're mine, you got me. It was a prayer. And um, 
and Sonny Lollerstedt's guitar work on that is some of my favorite that he played in Pat Terry Group. It's really, really great work. And um, uh, and it also, uh, that album opens with that song, but there's actually a little snippet of a little intro that comes be- right before that song. And um, it um, has some of the same chord changes and things to work in it. Uh, it's got a synthesizer part, though, that uh, I still remember. We were uh, we recorded this out in Los Angeles with Al Perkins producing, and we needed a synthesizer for this this deal, and um, I didn't own one. Al didn't have one. We looked uh, around L.A. to a couple of guys who said, oh, yeah, you can use ours, and we went and checked them out, and they didn't even work and that kind of thing. And finally, we called Buck Herring with the uh, second chapter of Axe, of course, who produced all those wonderful records. And Buck says, well, I've got one that I just recently bought and I haven't even spent much time with it yet, but take it and see what you can do with it. I still remember sitting in the hotel room right on Sunset Boulevard the night before we went in to record the session and trying to figure out, how can I get a sound out of this thing? We got some songs of the Southland Messianic metals Bacon and mackerel cheese We got to let it all
This is Jerry Bryant, and I hope you're enjoying my special conversation with one of the early Jesus Music veterans, Pat Terry. If so, maybe you'd like to drop me an email this week in response to the classics that you hear every week here on this show. Here's my address. Write me at info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And as you know, each episode is made possible by the prayers and financial support of the listeners. It would be great to hear from you this week. And tell me what station that you're listening to as well. Stay with me. Full Circle. Full Circle. Hi, this is Pat Terry. You're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant, taking you back to where it all began. Welcome back. I'm Jerry Bryant. You're listening to a special edition of Full Circle where I've been talking to songwriter and artist in his own right, Pat Terry of the Pat Terry Group, who had quite a following in the 70s. His music was mostly popular, as one would expect, in the South and the Midwest. With six albums to their credit and numerous songs in the charts, they caught the ear of a wide variety of folks due to the various styles that they would incorporate into their music. And you just heard one of those cuts from the album Songs of the South, called You Got Me. Now, that album was produced by legendary Jesus music producer Al Perkins, who either produced or played on albums by... Mustard Seed Faith, Jamie Owens Collins, Baba Yala, Daniel Amos, Gentle Faith, Pam Mark Hall, Kelly Willard, Barry McGuire, Mark Hurd, Albrick Rowley and more, Don Francisco, Steve Camp, Russ Taff, and Bruce Carroll, and the list goes on and on. I'm sure I forgot a few, but nonetheless, Al made a huge impact on the sound of CCM, and not many people really know who he is. Perhaps I'm going to track him down sometime and and get his side of the story. But for now, Pat Terry, talking about Al Perkins and his contribution to the making of this fine record. Well, Al was a huge influence on me because he played with some bands that I just really loved when when um, before I became a Christian. He usually played with uh, uh, Stephen Stills and Manassas, which was just a great period of Stephen Steele's work and of course through the years he's played with Emmylou Harris and and um, just so many great artists as a pedal steel player he's a wonderful pedal steel player and plays dobro and anything with strings on it Al plays so uh, Al started recording uh, producing some other Christian artists he had he had recently become a Christian back in that era and, um, and I was thrilled to see him making some really good records and and uh, so when Murr started talking about doing our second record, they said, uh, well, you know, who should we get to produce this? You know, and, and Billy Ray said, well, you know, I did the first one with you and I could do it again. He said, but maybe we should try something fresh. What do you think? You know, and I told him, I said, well, to be honest with you, if we could work with Al Perkins. I'd be thrilled. So I just love Al and uh, love his music. And, and uh, so Billy Ray kind of arranged for us to meet Al and get together. And uh, it was just a great experience. He immediately, Al, got what we were about. And uh, such a gracious guy and so much fun to work with. And, of course, his level of experience. We were young, and uh, Sonny and Randy, the other two guys in the group, had probably had more studio experience than I had at that time. 
but uh, but Al was the real pro, and uh, he just helped us make the record that that we wanted to make, and added all his great touches to it. For a short time, Al Perkins was part of a group called Ark, who were a bunch of lads out of Liverpool, England. They had only one album, which Al produced, called "The Angels Come." Looking back to 1979. The Beatlesque sound of Ark and Hungry World. Perkins and the group ARC on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. As I mentioned, Al played an important part as producer and musical contributor to hundreds of Christian albums, including those of my special guest, Pat Terry. Next, a few more songs from the Songs of the South record, which were pivotal in the band's career. I asked Pat about the picturesque cover art of this album and the attitude of the Christian musicians who were paving the way for others during this era. And here's what he had to say. Well, this, uh, the Songs of the South album, uh, um, it's, it's illustrated for the, your listeners that may not be familiar with it. it maybe 
go on the internet and do a search for Pat Terry Group Songs of the South, and you'll 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 probably see the album cover. It's a it's a, a southern gentleman sitting on a front porch with some headphones on, and and uh, we just uh, we were very aware of our southern heritage. I mean, we we were all born and raised in Georgia and, and grew up here, and there was a certain southern flavor, I think, to the kind of music that we did. So we wanted this album to kind of reflect reflect that. And um, that's kind of how that came came about. And I, th- I, if I remember correctly, I think that uh, that won some national design awards. Uh, and uh, and that was an era too, especially. I mean, we were our faith was newfound, and there was a lot of excitement in that newfound faith, and uh, a lot of joy. And I think that comes through not only through our music, but a lot of the music that was made in that those era. There won't be much to salvage from my earnings I've never had a lot of land or houses to my name I've never been a corporate prince on Madison in New York I've never held a diamond in my hand I've seen children laughing as only children can and I've known my creator and I've been a happy man Never really loved the way I saw it in the movies But I had myself a woman of my own The place we lived was modest And we kept the yard together Never travel far from my hometown But I've heard music playing That made me understand And touched the hearts of heaven And I've been a happy man It's hard times When I felt the chill of winter I can't forget the night When my sweet Julie slipped away But growing old was different Than I always thought it would be The sweetness of my youth just grew with 
Cause I've known wealth and beauty Beneath his guarding hand And knowing soon I'll see him Has made me a happy man Knowing soon I'll see him Has made me a happy man Full Circle
double shot of songs on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. From the Pat Terry Group's landmark 1976 album on Murr Records called Songs of the South. Now, if you listen closely, you might have recognized the voice of Matthew Ward from the second chapter of Acts on the song, What Good's It Gonna Do You? The first cut of that twofer was a song called Happy Man, which became the title track to B.J. Thomas's second album of Jesus Music Songs some three years later. On the liner notes to the album, Mr. Thomas had this to say about what he was going through at the time that he first heard the song. B.J. wrote, A few years ago when the world thought I was up, I was really down and out. I wouldn't have given two cents to anyone who said that one day I'd call myself a happy man. Every day I thank God for changing all of that, for opening up a whole new world of memories and things to come beneath His guiding hand. And like the song, Happy Man, when I first heard Pat Terry's incredible lyrics, well, it was like he looked all of the way inside me. And now, after singing them countless times, they still open up fresh meaning and bring tears of joy to my eyes. This is what being a Christian is all about. Each day we've got to stick our necks out and let life hit us head on, trusting that the Lord wants the best for us. Somehow, if we'll listen, He'll show us how we can share the happiness we feel inside so that others, too, can touch the hearts of heaven and meet the one true happy man. One more note of interest. B.J. Thomas also recorded another song of Pat Terry's from that same album. The track was called Home Where I Belong. A good friend of the show, Bobby Emmons, who's also on radio, just did a phone interview with Mr. Thomas. And here are some comments about that hit record from both B.J. and Pat. Pat was a uh, recording artist for Word Records. And when we, you know, got together and decided to do a project with Word and make the first true gospel album I'd ever made, they began looking for songs for me, and they came up with lots of great songs. And uh, one of the best one they came up with was a thing called uh, Home Where I Belong, written by Pat Terry. And, you know, subsequently I did, on my second album, Happy Man, was written by him. And, uh, you know, I've always thought he was one of the greatest writers in uh, contemporary Christian music, and probably one of the greatest writers in any kind of music. I know he's writing in country now and, uh, and pop, and so all the best to him. But they, that song was found by the, by the people from Word Records that helped put the, put the album together, you know, that I did uh, back in 1977. And, and a great uh, kind of distinction about that song and that album, uh, it was the, Home Where I Belong was the title to the, to the album, and the album was the first uh, platinum record in gospel music history, so I've always been very proud of that. He did an, uh, just a great job on that, and a lot of artists recorded that song. I mean, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans even recorded that song. <laughs> you know, your younger listeners may not know them, but for my parents' generation, he's the cowboy hero, you know. And it was interesting how many different artists recorded that, even within the last few years. Um, uh, Bill Gaither, uh, the, the Gaither Vocal Band recorded that, and it continues to, to find its way. They say that heaven's pretty And living here is too But if they say that I would have to choose between the two I'd go home 
J. Thomas's version of the classic song from Pat Terry, Home Where I Belong. Some of the background vocalists on that album were Gary Pig, Gwen Moore, and Marty McCall, who would go on to form the group Fireworks. My friend Brown Bannister can be heard on the record as well, because he was also the recording engineer for the album. I'm planning on doing an interview with Brown in the near future, so stay tuned and stay in touch. Speaking of staying in touch, you can stay in touch with us in a variety of ways via Facebook, Twitter, email, or snail mail. If you go to my website, you can get all the information at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And if you'd like to hear this show all over again, just go to the iTunes store because I'll have it uploaded before you know. We're coming to the end of the first of a two-part show featuring segments from my conversation with Pat Terry, discussing those early years with his bandmates, Randy Bug and Sonny Lauderstead. For my closing number, I moved to the title track of the group's last original collection of songs for Murr Records. The label released a best-of album a year later to fulfill a contract obligation. And here's Pat talking about the unusual cover for the album. I had written a song called Sweet Music, uh, which we decided that we would call the album Sweet Music. 
And when we started talking about cover ideas, we thought, you know, what does that bring to mind? Sweet music. And somebody got the idea that uh, maybe we should have an illustration of something really sweet. You know, what's the sweetest thing you can think of? And we thought, it, somehow it got around to an ice cream sundae. And so um, we had the artist draw a banana split ice cream sundae. And each scoop of ice cream was one of our heads, you know, sculpted into ice cream. And as ridiculous as that sounds, it actually looks kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but but it's fun. And I think it speaks to the, the light-hearted element of what that era was about. It was a fun time. Uh, but I will say that um, there, were, there was a lot of tension between more conservative Christian folks in that time and the kind of music that our group and others were making, which, which had more rock music influences. And uh, the record company got a lot of mail from people complaining about that, that um, cover because they said that it looked drug-influenced. And uh, if you've seen that cover, uh, the colors are very bright and kind of day-glow almost kind of colors. And the concept's a little odd, you know. Uh, but I remember just thinking, good grief, you know. <laughs> You've got to be looking really hard for a problem <laughs> to find that, you know. So, but that, that came with the territory back in that era. Looking back to 1977, with a swinging rhythm and blues number, reminiscent of his friend, the late Mark Hurd's efforts. We started the show with gospel music, and we're ending it with some sweet music from the one and only Pat Terry Group.
We've been hearing some sweet music from the Pat Terry Group on this special episode of Full Circle. And Pat had so much to say, has written so many songs we want to play. What do you say? Let's just continue on on the next episode of Full Circle. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. Full Circle is recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Written by Russell Baum and engineered by Jeff Kane. Full Circle is a JSR production. This is Full Circle.